tomorrow. Praise the Lord. Well, Lynn is here. Praise God. The, the prayer must have worked. Amen. The word must have worked. Thank you, Jesus. Well, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was just a mumble, uh, barely. Yeah, and that was from what did you? What was it that you did? Splendid, you're allergic. She's allergic to Splenda. Now you know when you sent me the text, I read it to Annie. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead to talk to talk. Here, put it on the thank you, Tyler. T Tyler, give you Tyler's. I, I um, <laughs> drank Splenda by accident at Sam's, and the first thing I knew, I'd gone <clears throat> blind in my right eye, and I'm wandering around. I'm, I'm at Sam's by myself, and I was. I, I stood up against it. I said, <laughs> I do not accept any of this. And I, my vision came back, and I drove home. And then I stood in the kitchen and went, I should buy it. Tell me that something that she ordered that she didn't deliver. I could, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, I was, it was no, nuts, but it was, well, it was truly, it. yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I couldn't figure out I couldn't figure out Amazon. I couldn't do anything. I couldn't follow a train. But, but I'd already stood against it, and the last time this happened was over 20 years ago. And I spent four days in the hospital with stroke symptoms, and so this was not this one. This Praise was fabulous. God. We got on it big time. What What was funny, Lynn, is as you sent me the text, and I started reading it to Annie, and I said. Um, Lynn says, uh, drank Splenda, you know, and then I went on with the symptoms you were having. She says, drank Splenda, what is that? She thought it was some kind of disease or some kind of infirmity, <laughs> drank Splenda. And so she's like, what is that? I said, I'll look it up. I was thinking she's wondering what, you know, what Splenda, you know. I'm like, Splenda, you know, Splenda, look it up. And so she's looking it up, and Gabe is like, are you serious? <laughs> she drank Splenda. <laughs> she laughed for 20 minutes. And uh, she needed prayer after. <laughs> it was. Splenda. <laughs> She's doing a Google on drank Splenda. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Annie, you're so silly, babe. Yeah, in case anybody doesn't want to have the Splenda, don't drink the raspberry iced tea. <laughs> it was funny. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad to, that we're here today. And uh, Sam came on Sunday. It was, good, it was good having him. I hope he enjoyed the service. It was a little different for him because <laughs> he's Baptist, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, what were they doing? <laughs> 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 
Yeah, we're very energetic. Definitely. Praise the Lord. All right, let's open up our Bibles, 1 Corinthians. And uh, we've, been, uh, we've been talking about the Holy Spirit and His gifts, and, um, or the gifts and ministries of the, of the Spirit. Uh, amen. Thank God for the gifts and the ministries of the Holy Ghost. And last week we were able to talk about the anointing, and we were able to uh, show a demonstration of that same anointing. <laughs> Glory to God. And, you know, that's uh, that, that you know, Brother Hagin said that uh, people have asked him, and I heard him talk about this when he was talking about, specifically about the anointing, but he said, you know, someone asked, some people ask, what is the anointing? And he said this, he said, he heard one old-time preacher say this. He says, I don't, the, that preacher said, I don't know, he, uh, concerning the anointing, he said, I don't know what it is, but I know when it ain't. I don't know what it is, but I know when it ain't. And I think there was a time when we could clearly identify when the anointing was not in manifestation. But I believe the church has gotten so far away from the things of the Spirit and become so carnal that um, many people are having trouble identifying the difference between what is the anointing and what is um, just charisma or uh, uh, being energetic or, or, you know, whatever. Uh, I, I do have it in my heart, though. I'm about to send a couple of messages out to a couple of people because um, I'm curious to hear what their thoughts are and uh, some people that have been in the church and in ministry for a long period of time concerning where we're at as the church, of the, as the body, the body of Christ as a whole, because um, I believe that we are, we are in a, uh, for, for us, and I'll, I'll just tell you all this, and I think this for myself, and I think this for our church, um, I don't believe our church has ever been in season. I think when we started our church, it, we didn't start our church in, in a season where our church was in its fruitfulness. <laughs> in fact, I don't think we've hit our season at all yet. And uh, I think we've had some, you know, seasons that were uh, productive and where the Lord did great things. But, you know, the Bible tells us be instant in season and out of season. So when Paul was talking to Timothy, he said, preach the word, be instant in season, out of season. We, we read that a couple weeks ago. And um, I think most, most people that have gotten born again, for example, like Ayla in this season, um, I think they, you know, they, they see the condition of the church and they don't realize that they were born in an unfruitful season. The body of Christ, I mean, the body of Christ as a whole has been in a season of uh, unfruitfulness for, for a long period of time. And we've had little flashes of, of, of things that have happened in certain ministries, in certain people, but um, we're about to come into a season where we're going to hit a place where uh, we are fruitful in the way that I think God intends for us to be, which means there's going to be a supernatural uh, release of the Spirit. And some people that feel like they've learned the super, <laughs> listen, you don't learn the supernatural. You flow with the supernatural. Let me, you cannot learn the supernatural. The, superna the, the supernatural doesn't lend itself to the, to the mind. How can you learn the supernatural when 
to learn it, you'd have to learn it in your head. What? You don't learn the super. You know what you you know what you learn to do? You learn how to shut off your head and flow in the spirit. That's what you learn to do. Okay. And, but you never listen. I'm going to tell you straight up. I've done this long enough. I've seen enough <clears throat> uh, miraculous supernatural happenings through my ministry and through my life to know this. About the time I thought I had it figured out, I didn't. And about the time I thought I could teach other people to do it, I couldn't. The only success that I've had at, is at telling people, you're going to have to learn how to identify the Holy Spirit. And then when he moves, learn how to fly, flow with him. That's okay. it. That's all you can do. But learn how to heal the sick. You ain't going to learn how to heal the sick because he don't heal the sick the same way twice. We need to learn how to do miracles. Which one? Because Moses stretched out a rod. Jesus put mud in the eyes of a blind man. Naaman, he dipped in the Jordan seven times. Amen. Elijah built an altar. Pour, poured water on it. Said, let the God that answered by fire be God. Moses threw down a rod and there was a snake. Anybody hear what I'm saying? <laughs> Jesus Jesus uh, put his hands on a blind man and, and put his hands over his eyes. After, after he prayed, he, he looked at the man. And he said, what do you see? He said, I see men like trees walking. And he hit him again. You know, so even in the, you know, in the ministry of Jesus, uh, he raised Lazarus from the dead. Uh, long after he died, four days after he was dead. He wasn't even fresh dead. It was four days later. And he stood in front of the grave of Lazarus and declared, Lazarus, come forth. But he didn't do that with Tabitha. With Tabitha, he had to run a bunch of people out of the room in order to do the miracle. So which miracle? I mean, are y'all hearing me today? It's not. This whole idea you teach people how to do miracles is stupid. I know I'm not trying to be ugly toward anybody. I'm just saying that when when you're when you're out, when you're not in season, you get all these you get all these ideas in your head. People get all these ideas in their head because we're left to the flesh. We're kind of like the apostles on the on the you know as they're waiting on the gift of the of the Holy Spirit to be poured out in the Book of Acts. They were you know they had all kind of time and in and in oh it's the baby. I thought I thought it was coming from behind me. I'm like we about to get busted when we're. <laughs> They saw a bunch of blacks and Mexicans come up in the church and come and get us. Anyhow, but um, I'm pointing at Lewis. It's him. <laughs> Michael's behind you. You can point at him. <clears throat> but anyway, um, uh, in the book of Acts, when they... Uh, when they were in that time of waiting, you know, let's go there real quick. I, I, I'm kind of a little off course a bit, but I think this will help us. Go to the book of Acts chapter 1. <clears throat> and how many of you know, does anyone know who wrote the book of Acts? Anybody remember? Luke the physician, yes. So Luke wrote the book of Acts. Uh, Luke was a physician. He had a very unique uh, perspective on things. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So look, let's look toward the end. Um, 
verse 15. Acts chapter 1, verse, uh, oh, maybe 12. Then, uh, yeah, verse 12. Then, then returned they unto Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is from Jerusalem, a Sabbath day journey. And when they were come in, they went up into the upper room, into an upper room, where abode both Peter, James, John, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, uh, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon, uh, Zelotes, or Zelotes, or Zelotes, or however you want to say it, and Judas, the brother of James. These all continued with one accord in prayer. And this is, this is what's cool is that they, they were in prayer and supplication with the women, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, was with his brethren, which is extremely important. Uh, Mary was baptized in the Holy Ghost. <laughs> she was hanging out with them. And it says they were in prayer. And in those days, Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples and said, uh, the number of names together were about 120. Men and brethren, this scripture must needs have been fulfilled, which the Holy Ghost by the mouth of David spake before concerning Judas, which was guide to them uh, that took Jesus, for he was numbered with us and had obtained part of this ministry. Now this man purchased a field with the reward of iniquity, and falling headlong, he burst asunder, which is kind of nasty. Um, he burst asunder um, in the midst, and all his bowels gushed out. And it was known unto all the dwellers at Jerusalem, insomuch as the field is called, <clears throat> in, um, excuse me, in their proper tongue, uh, Aseldama or Akeldama, however you want to say it. That is to say, the field of blood, for it is written in the book of Isaiah, let his habitation be desolate, and let no man dwell therein, and his bishopric let another take. So, I, I want you to see what they were doing. They were, they were in prayer. Say this with me. Say, they were in prayer. And they were in the Word. So, where did, where did, where did it say they, that Peter uh, was talking to them, and he said, he said, in the book of Psalms, it says, let his habitation be desolate and let no man dwell therein, and his bishopric let another take. They're reading out of, they're reading out of the scripture, the book of Psalms. And Peter has already concluded that what this means is, is that, you know, someone's going to take the place of, of Judas, and uh, it's up to them to do that. They didn't have the they didn't have the wherewithal to stay faithful to Jesus after his resurrection. They all went fishing. And it was Peter's idea. It was Peter's idea. And then Jesus had to show up and tell him, hey man, it's me. Go and hang out in Jerusalem until you're, you know, until you're filled with the Spirit. And you know, be faithful. But, but here's the thing: when you're out of season, now the the and the disciples, they went through a period of time, and it wasn't very long between the uh, resurrection of Jesus and the time that the Spirit of God fell. They, they, uh, they, uh, they say, or their, it's their idea that it was, you know, it, was, it wasn't very long. I, and I, I would say the time they started waiting in Jerusalem, uh, most Bible scholars believe it was about 60 days between the time they started waiting at Jerusalem on the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit fell. But it was much longer than that that they, that they had seen that Jesus had ascended. And um, so they started out with uh, six. And I may, be, I may be wrong about the number. I, I'm just telling you, it's a roundabout. Um, someone else know, know the number, have an idea, or have heard about the number of days? 
Yeah. Yeah, 50, 60 days, so something like that. Between, so 50 days, let's say 50 days. 40, that's, it's between 40 and 60. It's not essential. So it wasn't, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't an extremely long period of time. But think about this. For the, for the, let's say it was 60 days. For the 60 days that they're waiting, they're not in season. They're, what are they waiting for? They're waiting on the promise. They're waiting on, what are you waiting for? You're waiting for what? The promise. What promise? Well, the promise God gave you. They waited on the promise. We, now you, some people say this, now bless God, we don't have to wait on, we have these great and precious promises. Well, so did they. But when you're out of season, I'm going to tell you something. You don't interpret the scripture very, we don't, now we do our best and God will honor the light that we're walking in. But sometimes we're not good at discerning what be the will of God in seasons where uh, his promise has not been fulfilled in our lives. Those are, uh, those are seasons of unfruitfulness. The kind of season that Paul was talking to Timothy about. Be, uh, you know, be instant in season and out of season. And what he was saying by that was just be ready. Just be ready. Be ready. Uh, study the word. Remember that? Isn't that what it said? Pull that scripture up. Joe, will you look it up and pull that scripture up in the book of uh, Timothy about um, be instant in season, out of season, so that we can look at it clearly. And bring it up in the, I think it was the English Standard Version, wasn't it, that we looked at before where, where or maybe it was the Amplified or something. I think it was the Amplified. Bring it up in the Amplified so we can, so we can really hear it. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, go, go back to King James real quick. Look, look how tiny it is in the King James. Then you bring it up in the Amplified. It's like a whole article in the newspaper. But anyway, <laughs> go ahead and bring it in. Go ahead. Thank you, Joe. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. We're going to pray that tonight just as water breaks in the name of Jesus. Herald and preach the word. Keep your, keep your sense of urgency. Church, this is, look, look at me, y'all. The reason why some of you don't no longer have a sense of urgency is because you're out of season. Some of you have trouble concentrating in church because you lost your sense of urgency. See, some of you think it's just because you've gone through difficulties or the excitement of, of salvation is worn off. That's not what it is. When you're going through seasons when you're not, when, when you're not producing what, uh, what the Lord promised, what the Lord said would be produced, it's, uh, what happens is we, we grow. Uh, that's why the Bible tells us don't grow weary in well-doing, for in due season. You, you can't grow weary in well-doing. You can't lose your urgency. You know, in the, in the times, even in times that were fruitful, in the times that were fruitful, we've always had a sense of urgency. I know I have. There's always been an urgency to, to, to see God do what, what he promised us he would do, an urgency to do the work that God called us to do, an urgency to get out there and to be available for the use of the Lord. In the times of, of we were in season, it wasn't difficult to see Ted urgent, have that urgency, sit in a meeting. You know, that's why Ted has been able to sit in meetings for umpteen years and hear me preach sometimes the same message over and over again and hear the same testimonies over and over again and still out of, out of his spirit and out of his innermost being uh, agree with and be excited about 
what he's heard. Because when you're in season, that's not hard to do. Because you can hear the same thing 17, 20, 150 times, and you're going to see it from a different perspective every time because you're in season and the Spirit of the Lord is moving in such a way where you can't. When it becomes difficult is when you're out of season and you heard the story and you're like, here we go again. Because the Spirit of God isn't moving in the same fashion to give you a different perspective or to show you a different facet. And it's in those seasons that we have to, we also have to remember and, and uh, uh, be careful. Boy, you know, I've never taught this, never told this. I've, I knew, I, these are things I've known in my heart that I have lived in my life but never shared with not one person. Not one person. Because <clears throat> when, the, when the Spirit of God is working, you can look at a scripture that you've looked at a million times. And see something there that you've never seen before. Or it hits you in your spirit or in your soul in a way like it never has before. But when you're out of sight, that's why, that's why Paul said to uh, Timothy, herald and preach the word. Keep your sense of urgency. Because when you're out of season, the one of the first things that's going to depart from you is the urgency. Some of you wouldn't, some of you would have never dreamed in the beginning of your walk with God to miss one day of church. You wouldn't have let hell, you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have let nothing. But some of you lost your sense of urgency. Are y'all hearing me today? And when you lose that sense of urgency, what that what 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 the end what the enemy is attempting to do, what your flesh is attempting to do, is to get you misaligned, to get you out of alignment, so that when the spirit of God begins to be poured out, you're not in the position to be able to receive the fullness of what God wants to do with you in the last days. So Paul tells Timothy, there has to be an urgency. Stand by. Be at hand and ready. Whether the opportunity seems favorable or unfavorable. Whether it's... Y'all hearing this? See, Winter's Church, I'm going to tell you something. I think that now, probably more than any other season, although I feel like that we're in the best season that our church has ever been in, and I feel like that God's doing uh, things in in our hearts, revealing some things to us, I, I, do, I do believe that one of the, the hardest battles that we're facing as a church is keeping that sense of urgency. Worshiping with the same fervor that we worshiped with when we, when we had that expectation that at any moment the Spirit of God was going to do something that we had never seen Him do. That we were going to enter into a place that we'd never entered into before. That we were going to become the people that we'd never been. That we were going to, uh, that we were going to enter into minist- to the ministry, uh, into the calling, uh, into that place where we fulfill the purpose. And believe me, some of y'all are, some of y'all are younger than I am. I'm not going to say I'm old because I'm not. Um, but some of y'all are younger than I am, and I'm going to tell you as someone who is older than some of you, the older you get, the more difficult it becomes to be urgent. You know why? Because your body starts to do funky stuff. One day you go to, one day you kneel down, you used to jump back up on your feet, and one day you're not jumping back up on your feet no more. In fact, you go to push yourself up with one leg, and that one leg don't push you up no more. 
Then you got your hand and your, both your hands and pushing you, pushes them and, and you're trembling coming up. <clears throat> well, when your body starts messing with you, then all of a sudden you have an excuse to lose your urgency. Come on now. Start making trips to the doctor pretty soon. You know, pretty soon you got to take your medicine. You used to be like, by the stripes of Jesus, I was, I am, forever will be healed. And now it's like, I, there's a prescription for this. <laughs> I was so glad to hear from Lynn last night, and she said, I'm not going to the doctor. Now, listen, some people might have tripped out and been like, no, you know, use wisdom. See, that's, that's the, that's the, that's the modern-day Christian cop-out. You know what? The wisdom of God says, hold on to the horns of the altar. Call the devil a liar. Amen. Get your flesh lining up with the word of God. Start hanging on to what God's word says. And believe that God is going to do what he said he would do. Amen. No weapon formed against you will prosper. Anything that rises up against you is going to fall. Amen. A thousand will fall at your side. Ten thousand at your right hand. But it will not come nigh your dwelling. Amen. Glory to God. Well, you think a COVID would have taught us something there. But anyhow, um, so whether it's convenient or inconvenient, whether it's, oh, yeah, <laughs> whether it's welcome or unwelcome, you as a preacher of the word are to show people in what way their lives are wrong and convince them rebuking, correcting, warning, urging, encouraging them uh, being unflagging uh, and inexhaustible in patience. Boy, listen, some of us are getting tested. <sighs> and teaching. So we're to be instant in season, out of season. Um, these men in that... 40 to 60 days. <laughs> we're not in there. They were not in that place where they would be on the day of Pentecost. There's clarity that comes when the Spirit of God begins to move in your season, in your time. There is wisdom. Not the wisdom of men, but the wisdom of God. There are endowments. Listen, all of a sudden, you're not doing what you can do. You're doing what he can do. Now, all of a sudden, nothing can stand in your way because he's for you. And if he's for you, nothing can be against you. Now, all of a sudden, every mountain has to move. Every demon has to bow. Every knee has to bow. Every tongue has to convince. You understand what I'm saying? See, in times that you're not in season, knees don't want to bow. Tongues don't want to confess. Mountains don't want to move. The devil wants to make you believe you can't do nothing about him. But once the Spirit of God hits you and you get in that flow of the Holy Ghost, are y'all hearing me today? See, this is, what, this is what we're pushing toward as a church. This is how we ought to be praying at 615. Lord, you, we, you heard what Pastor said on Wednesday. God, this is what we're believing you for. Lord, this is what we need. You know good and well this is what our church needs. It's what every church needs. It's whatever, because you know what we've gone to doing? We've gone to doing like those disciples did on this day. They read a scripture and said, let's make it work. Yeah. 
The book of Psalms said, his bishopric shall another take. Well, you know what? If, if someone else is going to take uh, Judas's place, let's get to figuring it out. You know what? They didn't know what they were doing. And they were praying. Remember? They were in prayer and they were in the word. See, the, the biggest deception, I think, that hits people in, in church today, in the body. Because I hear it all the time. Uh, in fact, there are people that I've sat across the, my desk from that were telling me, you know, um, you know, I just feel like I can't win. I just feel like I'm in a battle all the time. And I, I never get a breakthrough. I'm not happy. And, and they're going through all of this. And it's like, well, you know what? Um, uh, press in. Engage in church. What do you think I'm doing? I'm engaging. How much more engaged can I be? I, I try to have fellowship with people. Nobody wants to talk to me. You know, this is, these are the kinds of things that are going through some people's heads. I don't know about anybody else, but this is a, <laughs> and I know, I know some of y'all feel like people look at you kind of crossways. Some of that has to do with your insecurity. Some of it has to do with the devil. The devil trying to run you, the devil trying to run you away from things that he knows good and well are going to grow you and increase you and make you better. And you know what? Sometimes people are looking at you sideways for real. Because you know what? You're a peculiar people. Every last one of you. And peculiar in different ways. Hex, I'm looking at, I'm looking at some of y'all sideways regular. And, I, and not because I don't love you. It's just because, like, well, I've never seen that before, you know? <laughs> so now back to the book of Acts 1, 23, or 21. It says, Wherefore of these men which have accompanied with us all the time uh, that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John unto the same day that he was taken up from us, must, must one be ordained to be a witness with us of, of his resurrection. So they've got it. They, Peter, and this is Peter, the rock. The rock on which Jesus is going to build his church. <laughs> I mean, this is Peter. Peter's got this great idea. You know, the word says we should do this. And so let's pick someone from among those that have been around and traveled with us and been with us while Jesus was here on the earth because it only makes sense. Like God ever did anything while Jesus was on the earth that made sense to any of them boys. But see, that's all. When you're out of season, that's all you have really to rely on is what you can see. And, and, here, and I believe this with all my heart. I don't believe that God was angry or put out with, uh, with those disciples. You know, there are certain things that happen when you're, when you're, when you're in that time. What we, have to, what we have to remember is this. And, and maybe, maybe, you know, maybe this was Peter's mindset. I don't know. We'll find out. I, you know, not really reflected in Scripture. But maybe he was like, you know, let's just do this till we know what to do. And that's okay. You know, some of you, you've served in ministries and you've served in places in this church. Not because that was your high call. Believe me, I don't, I don't believe the Lord was like, man, that winter's church going to need a children's ministry. I'm going to make me a Rhonda. No, I don't, I don't think that's true. I think, I think that, you know, uh, I think Rhonda came along and said, you know what? I'll, I'll do this. In the name of Jesus. 
And she, listen, she wasn't, she didn't have no, she didn't kick back or push back. She just submitted herself to the Lord and submitted herself to me as her pastor. Thank God. Thank God. <clears throat> there's, a, there's a great reward when you do things like that. There's a great reward. Because you know what? I reckon that probably wasn't on her radar. When she, when she was at, at Pastor Thomas's church and getting, or, or, you know, or Pastor Steve's church and getting that revelation and, and, and the Holy Spirit, and, and th- I don't think you probably envisioned. <laughs> it wasn't like, ooh, I can't wait. But, you know, that's sometimes what we, what we do when we're in that holding. You know, Michael, when he served uh, as, as the worship leader, when Nakia, you know, that, that they, they stood up and they took on the, uh, uh, the responsibility. But, but now, and some of you feel the shift. There's a shift happening to where some of you, about to, you're about to kick into the anointing and into the purpose and into the plan that God has designed you for, you're about to hit a season where you're going to sparkle and you're going to shine, and God is going to show himself and his glory through your life, through all that you do, through all that you say. And, and people are going to grow and abound and be blessed. And the word of God is going to increase. And uh, the gospel is going to be spread. And the church is going to be added to because you hit your season. Amen. So we see, I think you know, I think y'all get the point, right? You get the point. So, um, so they were, they were waiting on the promise. They were waiting on the fulfillment of the promise. That's what you're waiting on. You're waiting on the fulfillment of the promise, but you're not just twiddling your thumbs. You're reading the word. You're, you're filling yourself with the word, but you have to be careful that you don't join yourself or commit yourself completely to some of these things. <laughs> I, hear, I hear pastors say this to their people, and I'm telling you, I, I love them, and more power to them, and my prayers is that it, it just, this doesn't hurt them, and that they will, but when, when you got classes teaching people how to prophesy, I'm going to teach y'all how to prophesy, I'm going to teach y'all how to function in prophecy, you do not, you can't teach people how to prophesy, you, you can't, it's not, which, what kind of prophecy? What kind of prophecy are you going to teach them how to do? Because what you're going to do is you're going to, amen. Can you shut off this recording for a second? <clears throat> so when you're out of season, you'll give yourself over to foolishness if you're not careful. And you can't marry yourself to that. You have to be willing. So you have to be willing to follow the leading of the Spirit. He may, you may have never been told to run by the Holy Ghost, but if he tells you to run, you best get off your butt and run. He may have never told you to shout, but boy, if he tells you to shout, you better get to shouting. If, if he tells you to jump up on one of these beams and go to swinging, swing, baby, swing. You better, you better, it better be God. Amen. Michael back there like, it better be the Lord. It better be the Lord. <laughs> yeah, because I ain't fixing it. <laughs> I was like, we put a lot of work in this. <laughs> but you, you understand what I'm saying? There, there's going to come a time when the Spirit of God is going to call upon you to step out in the unusual. 
And if, if you're, now here's the thing, you say, well, you know, these things are weird and unusual. And that's wonderful that you've been willing to do what is weird and unusual. But when we do what is weird and unusual just because, you know, just because, then we muddy the waters and we, we, we don't really understand sometimes when it's the Spirit of God talking to us, when it is that He's dealing with us. Does that, am I making sense? Am, am I being clear? Do I need to clear some of this up? All right. Wonderful. So any, any questions so far? Any questions? No? Okay. Yeah. We go, um, we enter into our full season, but like right now, are we, do you encourage that we just do what we've been taught, you know, according yes. to the word of God, you know? That's what we have we, to do. Okay. Because we are praying for yes. the, the gifts of the spirit, but um, even, <clears throat> oh, this is my question. So even if you're praying for the gifts of the spirit, you know, he says, desire all the gifts. There's still these gifts are going to be manifested as the spirit will. So even though we're praying for all of them to receive them, we still have to trust that he knows what gifts to, to give us. Do you know what I'm saying? Some, some people will receive gifts. Some people will receive gifts and it'll be their gift. Just like if you receive a gift at Christmas, you know, you receive that gift. It's not like. Miss Rhonda said, uh, "You gives you a gift at Christmas. It's an air fryer, and you're like, oh, praise the Lord for this air fryer.' And then Miss Rhonda takes it home with her when she leaves, and be like, every now and again, I'm bring it over and let you use it. <laughs> now, now let me let me say this. That's how that's how the gifts of the Spirit work. The nine spiritual gifts. That's how they work. They're His gifts, and He and He lets you use them as He will." In other words, he'll give you that endowment. Some one day he'll show up with the air fryer and say, "All right, fry, baby." <laughs> and then, you know, when when he's done letting you use it, he takes it back. But then some people, some people, God gives them one of those spiritual gifts: healing, miracles. The Lord, when He spoke to me. My, my spiritual mother said, God is going to give you the gift of the discerning of spirits. Mm -hmm. Not that I was going to function in the gift of the discerning. God was going to give me that gift. Well, I didn't, I didn't know what that meant. In fact, I'll be honest with you. Um, because of all the teaching that I had heard, I was, I was under the impression that it would manifest every now and again as the spirit wills. But when God gives you a gift, that gift will manifest when you get in the spirit. Because you have the gift. It's your gift. Here's the thing of when God gives you a gift, you can use it for good or you can use it for selfish reasons. You can even use it for wrong. Because when God gives it to you, the Bible says this, the gifts and the callings of God are without repentance. That's why you see guys that minister healing to the sick and they were flakier than a two-crust pie. They were charlatans. They robbed God's people. They did wrong. I mean, there's a guy, he healed the sick, and I'm telling you, he had, a, he had the gifts of healing function in his life, and he burned his church down for the insurance money, went to prison for it. 
While he was in prison, he called the church on the phone during services. Called people out while he was in prison. Didn't even see the service. Said, there's a lady in the fourth row, seven people down. She's in a blue polka dot dress. She came from Kentucky. She has cancer. The Lord's healing her of her cancer. Step out there, lady. God's healing you. And that lady be there, be healed of cancer. He had a gift from God. But you know what? He was a charlatan. Wow. Married a 98-year-old woman who just happened to be a multimillionaire. <laughs> yeah, he did try to burn his church down a second time. Didn't succeed the second time. But anyway, you, you say, well, that's not God. No, the miracles, that was God. That gift was a gift from God. That man... He got way out. He got way out. So me, when I get in the spirit, if I'm at the, if I'm at the waffle champ, if I'm at wherever, it don't matter. If I get in the spirit, I can function in it. I can literally get, if I get in the spirit anywhere, I can get over there. And when, when I open my eyes, if I'm in the spirit, I can function in the gift of discerning spirits no matter where I am. In fact, if I did it right now tonight, if there was anything here that God wanted to do, it would, he would do it. It's just that that's when you have it, when he gives you a gift. And so that gift of discerning, but y'all know what the gift of discerning experience is. Mm -hmm. It's when you, it's a revelation gift. It's when you see into the realm of spirits with your eyes open. So when I function in the gift of discerning of spirits and see, I'm talking about it, it's happening already right now. And I, and I, and, and I, I, what I see is I see when the spirit of God is on people. So people, they'll start to shine like a light will start shining around them. And when that, shine, that light starts to shine more bright, bright, brightly and becomes more brilliant, it, it'll be because God wants me to minister to that person because he has something to say to them. And that's how I know who to call out minister to in prophecy is that they start to glow. Sometimes that glow becomes so bright that everybody else in the room disappears except for that one person. When it's a bad spirit, you know what I see when I say, now, this is just me. When I see a bad spirit, it's like a gray haze comes over people's face. It's just like a gray haze. It's, it's, a, it's real unusual. And, and there's, a, there's a feeling that comes with it. It's a, it's a feeling of dread. And I can always feel it when I see that gray haze. I've seen Christians that were believers that love Jesus come up under the influence of a wrong spirit. And that gray haze come over. There's a woman came into a meeting one time in Springfield, Ohio. She came in with a flashlight in the middle of service with her dog. In the middle of service. I shine the light on you. Michael, you were there, weren't you? Were you there that night? No, you came the next week, didn't you? I shine the light on you, Ziggy Sanchez. You were there? I'm shining the light on you, and I'm revealing that you're not of God. I was like, lady, no, no. Her poor dog was even ashamed of her. What? She started talking to the dog, walked to the other side of the church like, I am not with her. I am not with her. Her dog abandoned her. I stopped her. I said, listen. I said, uh, she, then she said to a woman, she says, I'm calling you out, Catherine Baldridge, or something like that. And I'm like, no, you ain't calling nobody out. And she started talking like, I was, I was, had a, I was gonna commit suicide, and I wanted to commit suicide. And her, and she wouldn't let her daughter come and spend time. I said, what are you? Are you on crack? I said, I wouldn't let my daughter go to your house if you had a suicide spirit on you. Are you crazy? 
Like, I want my daughter to come to your house find your body hanging from a shower curtain. Are you kidding me? I said, how messed up are you to think a mother would let their kid come to your house when you're contemplating suicide and that that ought to be okay? Yeah, but she's supposed to be a Christian. I said, and so were you. I said, look how you acted. I said, I'm going to tell you something. I told her straight. I said, you're under the influence of an evil spirit because I saw the haze. When I said it, listen to me, church, immediately that gray haze left and she started to glow. I said, the Lord's here to deliver you. I said, you've got to make a decision whether, you, whether to serve the Lord or not serve the Lord. To live for Jesus or not live for Jesus. I said, if you'll accept him today, if you'll rededicate your heart to the Lord today, he will deliver you completely from this evil spirit and you will walk out of here free and you'll, and you'll never be the same again. I said, or you can entertain that spirit and leave here bound up and not receive prayer and we'll just let you go out of here eaten up with demons. She stood there for a moment just shining and all of a sudden, the light diminished and the gray came back. And she got real ugly again. And that's when I said, somebody take her out. I can't even remember who took her out. But anyhow. So the, the gift of the discerning of spirit, it's a gift. It's not a, you know, some people are like, I discern that you're, well, you know, you're, you might be feeling something. Women have intuition. They really do. It's something God's built into the, women are very perceptive, more, much more so than men. You know, men be sitting around, uh, oh, oh. and women be like, dum-dum, don't you see what's going on? You know, Annie, Annie has to try to, you know, Annie try to snap me out of it a lot. But women, you got to be careful. That ain't gift from God. <laughs> it's just that there's some things in you that you're more, perceptive but it's not you can't you can't be like, well you know the lord gave me a gift he didn't give you no gift you can, what it can turn into is you being a busybody and getting up in people's business you don't have no business being in there you know you gotta stay out of people's kool-aid amen see at first they were like mm-hmm, we know stuff and now it's like well you know praise the lord amen <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got me there. <laughs> yeah, because you know what? Now all of a sudden you started. Now, you, you know, <laughs> Pastor Ben, Pastor Ben, one time he he told me this. I was laughing. I almost peed my pants when he told me that. But he said, he said, uh, uh, Pastor Tammy would be real jealous in the early days of their marriage. And he said one time he was asleep. He was having a dream that he was having a men's Bible study. And in the dream, he says, well, praise the Lord, fellas. And then he felt this pain as he was slapped. And, and so he, he, he was awakened out of dream because he got slapped. And he thought it was just in the dream, but it wasn't in the dream. His wife was standing over him with her hand up. She said, who's Phyllis? Because <laughs> he's... <a> <laughs> 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 That's a true story. That's a true story. <laughs> uh, so, you know, you got you to gotta be careful with these things. But, but, you know, I'm convinced that some people, you know, some people really believe that, um, that every, everything, every... <laughs> I named my kids Michael and Gabriel. 
So people like, everybody has assumed this. <gasps> you, the angels. I said, yes, they are angels. For a long time, I never made the connection. Because you know what? I didn't name them because of angels in the Bible. In fact, they, neither one of them really got a, I didn't do it because it was biblical. I named Michael Michael because when I was a teenager, I went and prayed in uh, a uh, chiropractor's office. And one of the girls that worked there was, uh, she's a young girl and her, her name was Michael. And when she told me her name was Michael, I thought, that's cool. If I have a daughter, I'm going to name her Michael. And when Michael was born, I, I remembered that. Of course, when I told Annie, you know, some girl, she's like, what girl? <laughs> Who's Phyllis? <laughs> Who's Phyllis? <laughs> she fought me, you know, and so she's like, uh, I, don't, I don't know. I said, man, it'll be awesome. That's such an awesome. I said, I really want that. So she let me have my way, and she named her. We were going to call her, and get this, we were going to call her Michael Jordan Sanchez because Annie was a Michael Jordan fan. And so we were going to call her that. And instead, we went with Victoria. But I don't know how that all transpired, but we ended up with Victoria. Gabriel. Gabriel's name isn't Gabriel. His name is Saragossa. It's my name. Um, Saragossa Sanchez. He's the fourth. He's the fourth. He, Annie was like, we are not naming him that. I said, we are. She said, we're not. I said, we are. If I had to carry it, he's going to have to carry it. That's just all there is to it. And so, she, so she's like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to call him. His name's going to be Gabriel. And so we compromised, Saragossa, Gabriel, Sanchez. But she said, I will never call him Saragossa. He's going to be Gabriel. And that's the way it's been. So, uh, but, you know, there's some people like, well, you know, we all, God is, you know, the Lord knew. The Lord, the Lord put it together. No, the Lord didn't put nothing together. That wasn't the Lord. That was us. Four years later, like, and then they show me a picture one time. I said, do you see the angels? Remember the orbs were in the, the dust, you know. Do you see the angels? Someone showed me this picture, and I was like, I'm looking at it, and there are these, you know, orbs. I'm looking for the kids. Like, my kids aren't in the picture. They're not, not your kids, idiot, the orbs. I'm like, oh, the dust refractions. Those are angels. So we, we get real goofy, church, when we're out of season. But we have to remember, you know what? When we're in season, we might be up in here and some of y'all see a ball of fire come down and sit next to me and me be like, Jesus is here. And y'all be like, was that him? <laughs> but that's what happened to William Branham. William Branham, literally an orb of light would come and, and, and be next to him. And he would get in the spirit and begin to function in the gift of discerning of spirits. And it was during revival. He was in season. Well, you know, when William Branham got out of season, he went to teaching erroneous teaching because he got out of his gift. And um, in fact, he, he, some people claim that's why he went home to be with the Lord early. Because he got off track in doctrine. People began to call him Elijah. People began to say all kind of crazy stuff. And someone, he told, he told one guy, a young guy at the time, his name was Paul Kane, told him, Paul, the Lord's going to take me out of here because these people won't quit calling me Elijah. And I'm going to have to go home early because they won't quit. And uh, so, <clears throat> anyhow, 
Any other questions uh, concerning this here? Anybody else? Did I answer your question, by the way, Carolyn? Do you remember what your question was? <laughs> All right. Cherie, 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 do you have a question? Yeah, so when it, came, when it came to your ministry, like you started out in the healing ministry, and your ministry's changed at different times. So, and, you know, more, it's been more prophetic, or you stepped into that prophetic office at a certain point. So even though you're given gifts at different times, it seems the emphasis can still change in different seasons. Yes. Would you talk about that? Yeah. You know, if, like the Lord told me in the beginning, when I first started, um, when I first started serving the Lord, one of the things he said was, you will function in all nine spiritual gifts and you will walk in all fivefold ministry gifts. So he said, at some point in your life, you will function in the office of an apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, you will function in all five of those offices at some point in your life. And you will see all of the spiritual gifts manifested through you at some point in time in your life, in your ministry. And so I started out as an evangelist. And y'all have seen me get up in an evangelist. Y'all have seen me get put that, uh, and I, I, I didn't put it on. It was just the Holy Ghost showed up. When we first started doing outreaches in this church, there was about a month or six weeks where I got up and I preached up here as an evangelist. And y'all could see it. Y'all were like, because oh. it was different. It was way different. And it affected you different. It stirred different things in you. It provoked different kinds of, of, of uh, giftings and, and, and uh, provoked you to want to do different things. And so uh, y'all were a witness to that. But I, I functioned as an evangelist for the first several years of my ministry. And then there came a time when I went out of season. You say, what does that mean? Well, well, I, I used to, as an evangelist, um, the anointing would come on me and the gifts of healing would, would manifest. The gift of the word of knowledge would manifest. And when I was in season, it, was, it, it, it worked like clockwork. Didn't matter. It didn't matter what was going on, where I was at. If God was going to do it, it was going to happen, and it was going to happen big. And I was like the means with Brother Hagin. When that anointing would come, I'd just go to running and laying my hands on people, oh, yeah. and they just fall under the floor under the power of God. Ted be standing there with one person. Oh, yeah. Everybody else cracking their head on, on the pew, and, and people really not getting hurt. Um, and I, I told you all when I was 16, went over to that church. They were teaching on spiritual gifts in, in Arizona. I mean, I'm 16. I'm on vacation. 16 years old, they're teaching on gifts of the Spirit. They were teaching on gifts of the Word of Knowledge and gifts of healing, and both of which I, you know, functioned in at the time as an evangelist. And when that preacher started talking about it, the Word comes. When the Word comes, God uh, uh, demonstrates His Word. And so those gifts started stirring me. I started getting words of knowledge. Went up to the pastor after he got done teaching because he said, does anyone have a Word of Knowledge? Anyone have... Uh, some kind of uh, insight from the Lord. We're going to let you, you know, I don't think they expected uh, me to get up there because, you know, this is his church and about 40 people there. And one lady got up. She did her best to, you know, give a word or whatever. And then he, he, he handed me the microphone and he was, I could tell you, a little reluctant, but I started giving words of knowledge. Someone with this, someone with that, someone with this other. By the time I got done, there were 49 people out of 50 at the altar. I mean, I didn't count them, but I'm just saying there was only one person who wasn't sitting. There were 50 people there. 49 of them were at the altar. Oh, yeah. um, my sister told me she was coming to pick me up at a particular time. 
She told me if I wasn't out there when she pulled up, she was leaving me there. I was going to take the bus home. It was a long bus ride. It's like two and a half hours. So uh, she pulled up while I was about ready to pray. So I said one mass prayer, laid my hands on one person. The whole line fell out under the power. Uh, I reckon all of them got healed or received some sort of manifestation or something because there they were laying out. That one person that wasn't in the line caught that one person. And I believe probably those people still today give the testimony of the night the Mexican angel came to their church. Because <clears throat> as soon as I laid hands and they fell out, I gave the pastor the microphone. I said, I got to go. And I just walked out. When I, got, when I got in the car, we're pulling out, and the pastor's literally looking out the window with his mouth agape. And my sister said, I thought I saw you up there. I said, I was up there. She says, what were you doing up there? Why is he looking out the door? You know, <laughs> it was a storm run. It was hilarious, man. It was great. But anyway, um, but when that shifted, uh, it didn't matter how much I wanted. Listen to me, y'all. This is so... This is so needed. And this is why, this is why I, I know these. Some, some people have never gone through that. Some people, all they've ever done is just speculate about things. And they, all they've ever done is sit under somebody else who told them this is, they've never experienced it. But I've experienced these things of being in season. And I mean, guns are blazing. Where, where people are, we're seeing miracles, creative miracles, de dental miracles. Uh, uh, I, I dragged a little girl around the church who's bow-legged. When the Lord popped her legs into place, Annie was there that night. When the Lord popped that little girl's legs into place, we were dating. Uh, he popped her legs. She, she, she popped up off the ground probably three and a half, four feet. Just from the Lord popping her legs together. I mean, that place came undone as the, as the Spirit of God uh, uh, manifested a healing. Crossed eyes, being straightened, and just, cra just crazy stuff. People getting uh, lame people walking, blind people seeing, deaf people hearing. But when, the, when, when I went out of season, I'm going to tell you right now, it didn't matter how I held my mouth when I prayed. It didn't matter how long I prayed. How much oil I rubbed on people's heads, it was, it was not the same. People would get healed, but I knew it was they were being healed by faith in the Word of God, by acting on what the Bible said. And you know what? I didn't like that. I didn't like it at all. It sucked big time. What, what, what most people do is what they did. In, they, they go to thinking that they can somehow make it work. Because we know it's the will of God. Yeah, we know it's the will of God, but there are things that only happen under the anointing. And when the Lord intends for it to happen. So there went a period of time, and it wasn't very long, you know. There was one period of time, maybe, you know, six months or so. And then uh, that anointing for people getting uh, drunk in the spirit. Oh, listen, you want to talk about crazy. I mean, one day I get up in a meeting and people just start falling out. Of, I remember where it was at. It was in our Kansas City, Kansas. I was in a meeting. They were they uh, uh, they took we put had the meeting in a uh, gymnasium in the community center, and set up metal chairs on the gymnasium floor. And the gymnasium floor was concrete. And I started preaching, and I'm barely able to keep to keep my composure. I am giggling and laughing, and I mean, I'm hanging on to the little stand, and I'm, I'm bending it and, and just trying to keep my composure. 
And all of a sudden, you, you hear what sounds like watermelons being dropped. And, and, and I just keep, keep going, and pretty soon half the crowd's gone. I'm thinking people are leaving because I didn't think I was making sense because I wasn't. And, uh, but the Spirit of God was on me big time. And I look up, now there's only two rows of people. But I noticed where people were at. They were on the floor. They were on the floor. You could hear the chairs rattling. I thought people were getting up, leaving mad, and rattling their chairs. They were falling out of their chairs, and the sound of watermelons hitting was their heads. They were falling out of their chairs and falling directly on their heads. And then kicking the chair out from under them. By the time it was all over with, everyone is out. Literally, everyone is out on the floor under the power. And that's when it began. Every church I went to from then on, people would get drunk. in the. It didn't matter whether they wanted it. It didn't matter if they hungered for it. It didn't matter if they desired it. If we showed up, it was going to happen. If they were resistant, when we went to Kettering, uh, that church had told people to keep Rodney Howard Brown and anyone like him out of their churches in the Assembly of God Church. We showed up at that church. God did what he wanted to do. I mean, there were probably 800 people there that night out of the you know 1,500 in, that were members. And out of that 800, 700 of them were drunk in the spirit at 3 o'clock in the morning at that Assembly of God Church laid out on the floor, old people, young people, and some people that didn't want to be on the, floor, on the ground. They were, they were caught up. We were drunk in the new wine. Uh, that night, Pete, you couldn't even sit. If you wanted to talk to me after service that night, you couldn't even sit next to me without falling out. Annie would come. She wouldn't come near me. I don't remember how long it took before people could even approach me that night, but it was the anointing. You know, we desire to make that happen, but you can't make that happen, church. You can't make that you can't make that happen by praying 300 365 hours a day. If you could pray that long, do you understand? That, that that don't come through prayer. That only comes by the anointing. And guess what? You're anointed, but it ain't your anointing. It's his. Well, my call, it ain't your call. It's his call. That's why, that's, that's why in Ephesians, Paul said to pray for what the hope of his call and what the exceeding greatness of his power is toward us who believe according to the working of his power. Amen. See, this is all him. It's not. Amen. So when you go to thinking that you can learn it, The only, the only damage I could really see being done by that, number one, is that you don't get too far, you know, while you're teaching that way. Number two is that when God begins to pour out his spirit, I wonder if some people won't really fight against him thinking that they know better than the Holy Ghost. Huh? This Right, this is how I learned. And that's typically what trips people up. That's not how I got it. Yeah, it becomes religion. And for all of our not wanting to be religious, sometimes that's where we end up. Amen. Rodney Howard Brown, I'm going to tell you something about Rodney Howard Brown. Rodney, Brother Rodney, he ain't in season right now. He's, he's anointed. He's a great man of God. He ain't in season. Y'all weren't in the meetings when he was in season, some of you. But I was, and I'm telling you right now, it was different when he was in season than right now when he's out of season. It was, it was different. It was way different. It was way different than what it was. Now, he's anointed. 
He has a gift. God's using him still yet. There's a measure of that that's working. But when, when, when he was at Carpenter Church and the Spirit of God was being poured out there, when he was in that church in upstate New York, when that was all going on, he, listen, he was, he was just strapped in and hanging. He didn't know what the heck was going on. There was no way he could know what was going on. He was along for the ride. I know it because that's exactly the way it is every time I get in season. So then that season, hold your question, don't forget it. So that season came and went for me with the drunken. Then it came the season of the prophetic. And I stepped into a prophetic office. And then now we're coming to the, well, we're at the end of that. It's weird. But you know what? I've been here before. And I'd say the last six months. And it had never been longer than about a year before things shift. But God's shifting us into another place. Who knows what? I'm not going to pretend I know what it's going to look like. I saw visions. I had dreams. There are things I haven't seen yet fulfilled. So my imagination says it could possibly be that. But I'm I'm not about to get straws and cut them and start picking to see which, you know, what's going to happen. Because I, I know good and well that he's going to do what he wants to do. And the more I'm willing to yield to him, the more I've learned to yield to the spirit and recognize what he's doing and when he's moving, the, the, the more uh, he's going to be able to do through me. And you too. Amen. All right, Carolyn, go ahead. Did I answer your question, Trina? Okay. So do you think it's wise to um, to focus when you're not in season, but to, to know when you're in season? You'll know. Let me say this. You'll know when you're in season. You know, you, there'll be no question in your mind. There's something that happened. When we, I got into my season, in it, you know, and there, there, there are intensities. There, there are greater times of fruitfulness. When I went to Bethesda Worship Center and, uh, and revival hit at Bethesda, when I stood up that day to preach that morning, I knew when I stood up, when I got up, when I, when I took hold of the microphone, it was, like, it, it was like I was Luke Skywalker as a Jedi. You understand? I mean, I wasn't a Padawan no more. You understand? It was, I was in Jedi mode. It was like, I mean, the lightsaber was working. And I remember I went to preach because... That's what you do when you're out of season. You preach. Mm-hmm. But as I begin to preach, the Lord's like, you need to leave that alone. And then all of a sudden, people all over the building start to glow. And when I, and when I open my mouth to talk to them, it's not, it's not little stuff. It's like you've, you've been in mourning and there's been a death. God says you're going to go from mourning to dancing. He's going to turn your sorrow into joy. I say I see a, I see it, I see it grave, but I see you dancing, and rejoicing, and and have that person say, "My husband passed away uh, last month, and I've been, you know, I mean things like things of that nature." Um, so I mean, very sharp, very. So for the first month to month and a half of that revival, I didn't preach more than 10, which is unusual. I didn't preach more than 10 minutes in those meetings. And then toward the end, we start, I started preaching more, but it was by the Spirit, you know. It was as the Spirit will. 
So um, it was unusual, but that was that was in the, one of those moments of greater fruitfulness in that season that you know that that I carry um, at that time. The Lord the Lord poured out. Does that make sense? Did I did I answer right or no? Did I answer right? Praise the Lord. So, so my question is that yeah, you'll just know, Carol. It'll be it'll be evident. You. Yes. That's why you'll know. You'll you'll. You go. Yeah, you, that, then you'll really recognize it. Because if you've never been in it, when it happens, you'll be like, whoa. Favor. I'm talking about unmerited favor. I'm talking about, I'm talking about open doors. Supernatural increase. I'm talking about favor with men and favor with God. I'm talking about everything you touch is blessed. It's like all of a sudden, you can't do nothing wrong. You can't say nothing wrong. You can't run people off. It's crazy. I I'm telling you, it's nuts. It's like everything is favorable. What you believe is that it'll last forever. <laughs> what you don't realize is that when it comes to an end, you'll go into mourning. And you'll and you know you'll be tempted to do, you'll be tempted to do what others have done and try to make like you're still in season when you're not. And I try to be straight up with y'all. I, that's why that's why we're transparent in this church because I don't want you all I was talking to the worship team yesterday I don't want you all looking at me and you know one day one day me getting up and saying yeah y'all remember that time you were feeling you know like uh, things were kind of off well you know you know seven years from now yeah Pastor Annie you know she kind of moved out of the house during that time and we were separated and I know we said everything was good but you know she was you know and I, I was shacking up with somebody else for a while, and you know, I went back to you know, I was, you know, I was doing a little coke, and and you know, I kind of had a you know little spell, but but everything's good now, you know, and praise God, twenty years Winners Church, y'all are gonna feel betrayed. So you know what, y'all need to, y'all need to, we need to know these things. I'm not about to get up here and and tell you something just. The, oh yeah, bless God. Mm -mm. I'm gonna flex my spiritual muscles, and and God's gonna do something. That ain't how it works. You know, here's the deal. I'm not in the season that God intends for me to be in, but I'm not in charge of the seasons. He's in charge of the season. I'm in charge with being ready. Amen. So, so can you distinguish between? Um, the gifts that you've been given and the ones that he's allowed you to flow in as he wills. And then also on that, you've also been given gifts that you have to use within the boundaries of when he wills. So can you just talk about that a little bit and the difference and which ones you have specifically? Well, I've, I function in all, I have functioned in all the gifts of the spirit. Word of knowledge, word right. of wisdom, discerning of spirits, gifts of healing, miracles, uh, prophecy, Tongue, the interpretation of tongues, and what's that last one? There's one more. Faith. 
So I function in all those gifts at certain periods of time. And the way that happens, though, is as the Spirit, the ones that are as the Spirit wills, it'll just come on you. And being that y'all are in the, in the, can we, can we take a little bit more time tonight? Would that be okay? Um, if you, uh, if you're in the pew, you're not up here, you're not up here with, you're not up here doing what I'm doing. You all have to get a, Eric, I wish Eric was here. I know he's got a class, but tell him I said this. Notice how when I'm not here, worship team breaks out and does, goes places they didn't go before. You, you, have you all noticed that? Noticed a trend? I'm gone. I, I figured out why that is. You know why that is? Because when I'm here, they think they got to give it to me. The pastor's here. We got to get the service to the pastor. When I'm not here, they're like, pastor ain't here. So, you know, they feel a little more freedom to take it farther. Here's the thing. You got to feel free to take it far no matter who's here because we're not, we're not, y'all ain't following me. You're following the Holy, you're following me as I follow the Spirit. And if the Spirit is leading you to, to go higher in worship, go higher. Don't be, don't be in a hurry to shove the ser service off because I'm sitting here. Just, you know what? If I think I need to take the service, I'll get up and take it. Y'all know because y'all have had another extra two or three songs and I've been getting up like, amen. People are like, you know, Eric be like, it's over? <laughs> you know? <laughs> when, I, when I did that to Michael, Michael be like, it's done, it's, it's over. But we, we, you know, we have to, uh, um, as, as, as people that are what, what some people would term the laity, it's your training period. It's your training. Y'all need to press it. Y'all need to come to church expecting for God to use you. Okay. He may not use you every service. But you know, one thing he could use any of you all at, tongues and interpretation. Tongues and interpretation. You ought to come in here thinking, Lord, any minute is going to give you a tongue and give someone an interpretation. And here's the thing. If you give the tongue, you ought to pray that God will give you the interpretation. Don't just get up and be like, boy, I hope somebody takes that. No, be like, Lord, I'm, I'm, if I give it, I want to give the, you should want to give the interpretation of the tongue. You ought to want to be able to hear what you just said in tongues in English. And then being, a, being able to do it. So uh, you ought to be looking for opportunities. When, when I'm up here and uh, we're getting ready to, to have altar ministry, Ayla, she knows good and well the gifts of healing are supposed to work in her. If she, has, if she has even the inkling that the Spirit of God has given her a word of knowledge or, or, or something to her concerning ministering healing the sick. Shree talked to me a couple times already of people that she felt like she needed to say something to her like she felt like had. And sometimes what happens is it's not that God intends for you necessarily to do it. But it, it's just that you sense what's happening. But then sometimes it is you that needs to do it. Only way to find out, though, is to step out. You just have to be willing to go with the flow, to figure out, you know, say what you're going to say. Don't feel like that you're getting the rug yanked out from under you. If I look at you and go, now. Because some people are like, well, what, why, why am I going to say it then? Well, because you needed to say it, because you needed to release it, because you needed to declare it, because you needed to make it known. You needed to step out. And uh, uh, most of the time, though, there's going to be room for you to do whatever it is the Lord has for you to do. So 
Ayla gets up here and says, Pastor, man, there's somebody here. I know it. I know there's someone here that's got this. All right, you know, probably it's going to be Ayla's got a word. You know, Ayla has a word of this. Come up here. When Cherie told me there was someone she felt like we need to minister to, they needed deliverance or something. That one didn't work out the way that we thought. But things worked out the way they needed to. And uh, Sheree ended up getting to minister to that individual anyway. Uh, it just wasn't in the same way that we thought it would work out. But that's right. Yes. So, you know, there are times that, that uh, so how do you know the difference between a gift that you have and a gift that um, uh, the, the Spirit is manifesting to you? If God gave you a gift, that gift will work when you get in the Spirit. It'll always be the gift. Like when she gets in the Spirit, she evangelizes. She preaches. Say Ayla. Ayla, she preaches. She ministers. She, um, um, she has compassion for sick people. I know. That's when she gets in the Spirit. That's what, that's what manifests. Now she's not seeing all that she wants to see yet in that. But now here's the thing. You can want gifts and you can want it. But if those things don't manifest when you get in the Spirit or if you don't get... Number one, if you don't get in the spirit, you can kiss bye-bye to any gift. I don't care. I don't care how many words you have. I don't care all the good things people have spoken over you, how much encouragement has been given. If you don't get in the spirit, the spirit ain't going to manifest. And he's not going to operate through you in the manner that he needs to. So you can kiss all that you think God's going to do with you bye-bye. But if you'll get in the spirit, then you open up the door. Now, when you get in the spirit, he may not be manifesting with you all the time, but you have to be ready. And so if you have, if he gave you a gift, it will manifest when you get in the spirit. When you get in the spirit, it'll work every time. When I get in the spirit, the gift of discerning of spirits has worked from the time I was 16 years old until now. Oh, yeah. Every time. Yeah. Every time. I don't always I don't I don't always go across the restaurant and say, I have a word for you. But it will it works all the time. I, I just have to determine when the Spirit of God wants me to reach out to people uh, outside of when we're gathered like this and when he doesn't. And sometimes he does and sometimes he doesn't. That makes sense? Got a few minutes to watch William Branham? Oh yeah. Uh We'll just watch that one, and he, uh, can you turn this one on, Joe? I guess, you know, I guess I could put it on these back here, couldn't I? If I, if I hook up to the Apple TV, you think it'll get crazy? I can't, I can hook it up. Let me hook up to the Apple TV. You guys can watch on these over here. Someone tell me the code. Huh? <laughs> You're my kind of guy. <laughs> yeah, he couldn't resist. He couldn't resist. Do we have? Do, <laughs> does it? Does that? Will we have it through the? Will it come through? A sound. Let's see if we can get some sound first. Okay, that's fine. 
crank them all the way up so we all get some good volume here. So he already started. This one's got him starting already with this lady. That was easy. If you get in a dress, somebody better get healed. That's let's because we can go on and on, but that's that's just an example of what I'm saying. Nowadays, you know, people get a name, a number, and it doesn't mean that. It just it's just like ooh, it's like entertainment. But there was a point to it. When the, when the spirit of God's present, there's a point to it. If, if God's go like that, like a uh, uh, eon. Or Gail. 
or other people that I've received names for in the past. It it didn't just wasn't just a name; it was attached to you know a miracle that God was giving people. Um, so anyhow, uh, Google or on YouTube, William Branham. Check it out. <laughs> I didn't know this that William Branham really functioned in the gift of the discerning of spirits. I thought it was the word knowledge, but he, he that wasn't the word knowledge. He was he was seeing in the spirit of the spirit spirits and uh it's pretty incredible how the Lord used that guy. Amen. Well, do you receive this today? Praise the Lord. This help anybody today? I'm not I'm not just trying to rehash things we've already talked about, but I, I want I want us to get settled on some of these things and answer some of the questions that I think uh, people have. And most of the people I'm listening have listened to and heard talk about it. Um, that's why I was saying I wish uh, I wish I could go back and talk to Shambach again. Um, there was there'd be some questions I would ask him about these things because certainly over the time period he was doing ministry, he probably experienced the same thing, and it'd be interesting to hear. Uh, what his what his thoughts uh, would be uh, about that, and uh, I just hadn't come to that point in my life yet where it was a question. I mean, it had already happened, but um, I just never thought to uh, ask the question of um, being instant in season and out of season. <laughs> but boy, I wish I had another chance. I wish I had another chance. I'm gonna send his daughter a message to see if she knows anything. <laughs> I want to send his daughter. I'm serious. I want to send it tonight. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for your spirit. Lord, we don't just want to talk about these things. We want to make room in our lives for the working of the fullness of your spirit and the complete fulfillment of your word in us. And Lord, we're not trying to look at others and say they don't have it and we do. And Lord, you know my heart and I pray that the heart's of those that are hearing me talk here, that their 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 heart will be like mine. We we want we want Lord what you have prepared for us, and we don't know we don't know how all this will pan out, but we know it will. <laughs> we don't know how it's all going to work, but we know it's going to work because you're going to work it, and uh, you're going to use us, and we we want us uh, we want our uh, we want to make ourselves. Uh, make sure that we're in a uh, in a place, Lord, where you can uh, make maximum impact in us and through us. And more than anything, Lord, we just want to serve you. We just want to love you and worship you and make room for you in our life uh, so that uh, you can have influence in the earth uh, to uh, bring those that are away from you uh, to the foot of the cross of Calvary. So th thank you, Lord. Uh, we appreciate all that you've done, all that you're doing. In Jesus' name. Uh, go with us as we go, and uh, as we return, may we come back and uh, entertain your presence in a greater measure. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Praise the Lord. All right, guys. Boy, I sure am uh, enjoying these Wednesday nights. Uh, of course, uh, outreach here on Friday, 